They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. So this week, I know viewers, you're not seeing this, but this guy right here is proudly repping his Arsenal hat. We didn't see that three weeks ago when you got thrashed 3-1, but same scoreline to Tottenham, 3-1. Let's hear from the, the proud Arsenal fan. First of all, I'd like to remain in the present. A dominant display from the table-topping Gunners. Yet again. Seven wins out of eight. They say we haven't been tested by any top team yet. Which we really haven't, to be honest, because Liverpool's next week, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, are, are, Liverpool, are they even a top team now? You know? <laughs> yeah, we can get to that in a second. But boy, let's break down the, the action. Party, incredible goal. We've seen, I think this was like his 57th shot. And finally, it goes in from outside the box. Beautiful strike. One time, pure. And you can see the difference that he made in the match today. Besides just that goal, he was winning all of his duels. He was key to the third goal in transitioning the play to Martinelli. He played that key pass. I'm just, I'm beyond happy right now. I'm elated right now. Jaka, another great performance from him. This new role is just is is suiting him very nicely, and the combination with Parity is just making it all play out perfectly. But one man I'd like to point out today, William Bombaclad Saliba. This man deserves some fucking respect. Another dominant display, and he kept Hurricane quiet throughout this whole match. The only one he could see was that penalty goal. So to keep out one of, I would have said, arguably the best striker, but I think that's he's coming close to second right now. Thanks to Erling Haaland, we'll get into that match a bit later. But to keep Hurricane quiet so calmly, I mean, this guy just deserves respect. And I don't want to go all out here and say it, but I think we're potentially looking at one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League. Yeah, I think, I mean, with the combination of Van Dijk, we'll discuss him later on, with his dip in form. I mean, he's got to be up there, you know, uh, as you mentioned, they're, they're top of the league. One thing that I would like to mention, I, I don't know if the 3 one necessarily reflects how the game was played. I mean, we know the red card changed the game. And after that, it was it was no match. But... And I'm not here to discuss the the validity of the red card, but did you feel that 3-1 was a was a right scoreline? Did it reflect the game? I think it should have been more. Honestly, I felt I actually wouldn't say that the red card changed the game that much. I felt we were dominant from the start. From the get-go, we were creating chances, pinning them back. They really only had that one real shout where they got the penalty, and that was due to a Xhaka mistake. Failed to clear the ball when he should have just booted it out. But that's fine. That's a blip in a in an overall good performance from him, from Jaka. But overall, we were dominant. I I really felt like we shouldn't have given away that penalty. We should have went out there with a clean sheet. 
and we should have scored more to be honest yeah and speaking of Tottenham this was eerily it eerily reminded me of the game under Nuno amazingly same scoreline I know it wasn't the game that didn't necessarily pan out the same way but what is this guy doing what what's the difference like we're we're seeing the same type of drowsy performances that put the fans to sleep there's no cohesion there's no plan they were clueless like this guy spent tons of money this guy was supposed to be the savior for Tottenham supposed to bring the mentality to bring the intensity and you could say they weren't tested either the only team they faced was Chelsea and I, I'm I don't know what to say about I don't know what's going on with them Antonio Conte famously he was he struggled early on with Chelsea as well and he figured it out after getting thrashed against Arsenal I believe 3-0 has has have teams figured out what what Conte's system is and he's just not providing an answer to that I, like I don't know what's happening here I don't know if you have an answer to that well I will say when it works it works well and people give him the credit for it. But then when it fails, it's called negative football. This is just a results business, and everybody has their own style and tactics. I think people are starting to question it, obviously, because of the results. But do we just have to say that that is Tottenham's best way of setting up with the given players that they have? I know that they've had a big dip in form but when they started so well those were the questions being asked and why is it that every manager that has come in has tried that or is it that the board are looking for managers who like to play out this style of football and that is why we're getting those types of performances from them let's be real though do they really have a team together that is able to set up and dominate matches the way Arsenal dominated them off the park today I mean, they should. They have the best striker in the league. They have the best supporting attackers. One of the best, at least. Their midfield, I get it. It's not up there, not in terms of their quality, in terms of their on the ball. But, I mean, these teams, these players are not... I mean, we know what Tottenham signed up for. We know what Conte does. And if he's not bringing results, there's question marks obviously going to be raised. And he's not bringing... He he's brought results, but not in terms of trophies. He was undefeated. It was they showed it. It was a fake, undefeated record so far. It wasn't real, and they got exposed. Something needs to change, and I don't know what it is, because something's not clicking. They're not. It's not working. Whatever he wants to do, it's not working because a lot of the players in that starting eleven, they're not new, except for the Perisic and maybe Richarlison. But Richarlison's only been getting starts in the recent games. That's it. So what changed from last season to this season? They were supposed to make that big big leap, and they, they haven't done that yet. So I think if I were a Tottenham fan, I'd be very worried. They're, I think they got to the Champions League by virtue of Arsenal flopping in the last few games. It wasn't necessarily their... I mean, they they did beat Arsenal in that crucial game. But Arsenal still had the chance to finish above them, and they, they faltered at the end. Something needs to change, and 
questions are going to be, it's going to start getting asked of Antonio Conte. Still title challengers for you? I, I don't know how you can call them challengers after what we've seen so far. It's just, yeah, it's just not right. How about the real title challengers now? This side right here, the mighty Arsenal, the real title challengers. What do have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, so far, so far, I've, I mean, not much for me to say. Pure dominance. That's all you have to say. Speaking of a team who were title challengers before the season started and now are slowly dipping as well, Liverpool, a disappointing three-all draw for them against Brighton at Anfield, a game that they really should be winning, although Brighton had, although Brighton are on the back of some good form. Leandro Trossard, a hat-trick at Anfield. Impressive. I think they were all left foots too. Yeah, I, I thought Liverpool were going to have enough to beat Brighton at home, but man, their defending is, is a shambles. I think that's all we need to say. Their defend. Trent, we know it's it's getting laughable at this point. Van Dijk, as I mentioned before, is not at his top form. Coming up against Arsenal next week, I mean, the front three could have a field day against Liverpool next week. If I don't know what's wrong, like it's the same thing with Liverpool, right? We can talk about losing Mane, losing Darwin Nunes being suspended, whatnot, but. Or and then plus Klopp's seventh season jinx or whatnot, but these guys finished close to hundred points last season. They reached the Champions League semi final. They reached every cup final that they were involved in. From that to go to this, what the hell is happening? I think that's also a big credit to Pep Guardiola just to show that he's able to adapt his team as the years go on. And we're seeing how difficult that is for somebody like Klopp. He wasn't able to transition his team. He wasn't able to adapt to players getting older, to new players arriving, to the new demands of the league, whereas Pep was. So, well, on the, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to put that down to just Pep and Klopp. Pep spent so much money. Klopp doesn't get that much amount of investment or support. And it eventually catches up, and it looks like it has. Well, he did spend $100 million on not Darwin Nunes, so... Did he have to spend all that money on that one player? Was that the position they really needed out? Was that the player they really needed? And again, I mean, that's his decision, right? That's lose money, decide to sign a promising young striker. But I'm just looking at it... it over a long-term period. This has been talked about by the Liverpool supporters. The I think it's the FSG group. They want the club to be self-sustainable. They don't want to pour money into the club like the owners of City do. And eventually that's going to catch up. I'm not just talking about them spending £100 million. That was their first big spend under FSG, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Everyone... Well, with the exception of Van Dyke and Allison, everyone was around the likes of 20, 25, 30 million pounds. And you need to keep players coming in, not just for the freshness, but also for competition, for new ideas, fresh ideas. And 
it, it's caught up. And I don't know what they're going to do in the winter transfer window, but they might have to go big. That That is my feeling on it. I don't want to put this all down on club. Just because, especially in the current circumstances, with teams, even the likes of Brighton, the lower half teams, they're spending so much money. And Liverpool aren't able to keep up with that. It's not a surprise that it's finally caught up with them. To me, at least. Well, we can see how they progress as the season goes on. Chelsea coming back from behind against Crystal Palace. Conor Gallagher against his former club, if you will, or the club he went on loan to. The pretty outstanding finish later on. Are you worried for Chelsea? The fact that they struggled here a bit, I think, could be an issue for them in the long run. Should they be comfortably beating Crystal Palace here or is it credit to Crystal Palace for you? No, I mean, I just feel that Again, this is the first game. Grand Potter hasn't had a, not even a month in, in the job, I believe. Anyone could have written the script. I think even my my granny could have written the script. Conor Gallagher coming back to his old team. I'll, I'll just say old team. To win the game for his parent slash new team. But I think coming up against Palace, it, it's a tough game. And they, they showed that against Arsenal. They, at times, dominated Arsenal. Arsenal were pinned back. And we know where Arsenal are in the table this season. And that is that yeah, is impressive. Palace always a tough game for any team. And even in Arsenal's only defeat of the season at Old Trafford, Arsenal were on top. So I think that just speaks more to Crystal Palace than, than Chelsea. Chelsea are obviously going to not be in their best strength or best form first game, first Premier League game under the new manager. And I, at this point, you're taking a win. A win is is the most crucial because you're not going to have time to input those values, especially mid-season. Two players on Crystal Palace who impressed me in this match and have been impressing me over the course of the time I've been watching them. Eze and Olise. Wow. It's the first time I'm watching Crystal Palace and thinking Zaha isn't the main man. He is not the star player here. So I think you're right. Crystal Palace, they look good. I mean, when I watch Eze carry the ball and he just glides and drifts past players, it is, it's crazy to watch. Olise as well. It's like one on the right side, one on the left side. Because Olise is left-footed, Eze is right-footed. It's like perfect almost. Where do you see these guys' futures heading? Do you think these guys could come up and be big players? Well, they need to stay with Palace first. I think that's what Palace fans would be hoping for. It's important to look back two seasons ago, before Roy Hodgson retired. They were the oldest team in the league. They had the likes of Benteke. Ayu is still there, but Gary Cahill. These guys just clogging up the starting lineup and playing boring football that Roy Hodgson loves to play. And from that... To go to this, I have to give kudos and credit to the the team. I think the CEO or chairman, is his name is Steve Parrish. He appears on TV quite often. Patrick Vieira, uh, we mentioned we had doubts, but he's proven everybody wrong. Yeah, I mean, credit to, to the whole team. It's, it's impressive. And I would like to see them continue their growth at Palace. I don't want to see them move to a city and get wasted. 
like the likes of Jack Rod. I'm going back way back, but like the likes of Jack Rodwell. Any of these guys got wasted at City. Speaking of City, we move on to the other derby that was occurring this weekend. I know how much you're dreading this discussion. Let's have a moment of silence for Man United's goal. That was very creative. Okay. Very creative. Thank you very much. Um, well, let me give you a, let me give you another creative step. I know people are talking about Holland and Foden hat tricks. Anthony scored a hat trick. A hat trick of what? The Anthony scored three goals. A hat trick. Ah, oh, God. Anyways, a moment of silence for that joke. <laughs> it's 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 facts. There is there's no hint of joke or anything about it. It's facts. I mean, we scored a hat trick. I mean, I didn't see this happening. Six goals. One would say a nine-goal thriller, but they wouldn't say a thriller. Six... Hey, however you want to frame it to make yourself <laughs> feel better, it doesn't change the result, bro. <laughs> I mean, the result don't matter. It's the it's the wonder goal from Anthony that matters. That's going to be on Instagram, Twitter. That's all we care about nowadays. So, either way, I just... I just feel that six three is was very flattering for us. This game should not have been six three. I mean, the three goals at the end is, or I should say, two goals at the end is. Everyone wants to go home. Let's let's just get it over with. From the beginning, I thought the team has worked. Right, it worked against Arsenal. It had worked. I could see why he stuck with it, but I I had an inkling of doubt where I feel this is the game. We need more stability in the midfield. We know, I know why you love Ericsson in there for to circulate the ball, to move the ball, to be able to string passes together. And he did fuck all. He, he didn't do anything. And I, I don't, I'm not want to, I don't want to single him out, but I just feel that this game, we need more midfield stability. It, I think it's a different story. If we had a pivot of Casemiro and McTominay, and this is the thing I read about Ten Hag as well. He sticks to one thing that works until it doesn't. And it didn't work today. And I don't even think City were, were that great. City, I mean, City are a good side. I, I didn't think they were a different planet or any of those sorts. I just feel that we made it too easy for them. The, the Their left-hand side, I mean, from minute one, we could see that it was trouble. And they kept on attacking, attacking that side. And six minutes in, they score. And that's their same routine, cutbacks. And nobody's picking up Foden. It was the first goal. And we see Eriksen right next to Foden. He doesn't have the defensive alertness, I would say, as Casemiro does. And I think we don't need to go into the second half, really. The game is over and done at 4-0. But I think... I don't know if the result would have changed, but I think he got his selections a bit naive and a bit wrong. I feel like Casemiro had to start this game. Yeah, I mean, just 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 his intensity alone. That would stamp some authority on the game. We, we didn't have any control of the game at all in the first half. How do you feel about the decision to keep Ronaldo on the bench? So I heard you on the starting lineup, but... 
Ronaldo doesn't get any game. Well, 4-0, what do you want? There's, there's no point putting him on. And I, I saw him bring on Martial. Got two goals. I think Martial will be more key to us than Ronaldo is going to be this season. And I don't have any problems with keeping Ronaldo on the bench. What's the point of bringing him on? What? 4-0 down, 45 minutes to go. He's not the Ronaldo of his, of his old self. It's... I mean, I don't have a problem with keeping him on the bench. And if people do, it's their opinion, but I, I don't really want to hear it. He's not the guy who he was 10 years ago. If he was, he would have started today. And he's not. So I heard the commentators talking about who they would give the man of the match to here in this one. They said, you have to decide between Foden and Holland. And then one of them said, why not give it to Akanji? I was like, how do you feel about Akanji's performance today? I know you don't really want to give someone who has conceded three goals a defender. So how do you feel? Well, we can pretty much ride off the two goals. And I don't want to apply the same comment. But it pretty much is the hat-tricks were achieved at the point where we're just chasing the game, trying chasing for consolation. But... Yeah, like you said, Akanji, I was very impressed with the guy. I, when I first saw him in the lineup and I saw that Laporte and Diaz were on the bench, I thought, hmm, maybe Rashford could have a field day. But Rashford was not informed today. He was misplacing simple passes. Didn't help his case at all. But Akanji, this was my first game actually really watching him, you know, focusing on what he does. And I was very impressed with him. And I, I don't know. I've never really watched Dortmund like that but what he did today yeah I mean I wouldn't give him the man of the match over two hat-trick heroes but I was impressed and I think the man of the match probably has to go to Holland I guess he was everywhere he was everywhere I think Foden great finishes but I don't think he had that big of an influence as much as he uh, Holland did and to think that we could have had Holland what is it Two, two, three years ago, I think. We didn't go for him because he wanted a release clause and we don't want to behave like a selling club like the way Borussia Dortmund are. But, and I don't know how much of truth is it behind that. He could have easily just rejected us. That could have easily been the case. But, he's he is something else. Another player who stood out to me who has been criticized a lot he was in the headlines a lot last season. Not so much anymore. Jack Grealish. I thought he was very positive in his movement, in his play. He was attacking on the left-hand side, giving a lot of trouble. How do you feel about him? Or do you feel like he's kind of coming into his own now at City? Well, he has to show it in a string of games. But I thought he had a good game, like like I mentioned before in the beginning. The left-hand side was was just terrorizing the right-hand right side of our team. And yeah, I was impressed with him today. I, I feel that there were better players on the City side. But Grealish, one of the better games during his City career. And he's had a string of a few games where he scored and he's assisted. But he, has, he just hasn't been consistent. And this is a season where he really needs to be consistent because he's going to get a lot of game time. 
So for City's sake, he needs to continue this form. But that will be it for today. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your support. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Apple Music, Spotify, hit the subscribe button. Make sure to download the episode and share it with a friend. One of your friends that like football, put it in our football group chat. And don't forget to turn on those notifications so you guys don't miss any episodes and you stay up to date. And as well, the link to our Facebook page is in the description and the bio. So go get clicking, join our discussion, like our page, and share our page. Let's get some good football discussion going. And let's get the chat on. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in as always. And peace out.